Are you afraid of mountain lions? <laughs> um, yes, I am. Uh, I do a lot of backpacking and canyoneering with um, with friends and, and at a camp that I work at. And so um, they're very scary when they scream at night. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've heard some horror stories, so I'm definitely afraid of mountain lions. Well, you've actually heard them screaming at night when you're camping? Yeah, just a couple times, but it's a very um, bone-chilling sound. Makes oh. you feel very human. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> right. And what are you supposed to do <laughs> if you run into a mountain lion? Um, well, you're supposed to puff yourself up and act really big, um, and hopefully you're with somebody else. Um, and if the other person isn't big, then, I mean, best-case scenario for you, you can outrun them, so... Or hide behind the other uh, Or hide behind the other person. (laughs) Well, today I have uh, one of our third-year medical students who has been pulled from her clerkship a couple of weeks ago, or maybe... Not quite a couple of weeks ago. It seems like longer to me than that. Um, but Ellen, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our podcast audience? So uh, my name is Ellen. I'm a third year medical student um, from UC Davis, and I was on my internal medicine rotation before um, we got pulled off last week. Okay. And which uh, which site were you at when you were pulled off? I was um, on the UC Davis general medicine team. Okay, and how was that going? Yeah. Um, it was actually going really well. So I was um, initially at the um, the VA, but then got transferred over to internal medicine um, at Davis and had a really great team, um, some really interesting patients that we um, ended up um, looking closer at for discovery rounds. And, um, yeah, it was definitely the uh, most highly concentrated uh learning time that I've had throughout my rotations um, so far this year. Oh, good. Um, and I think you were actually going to be on my team when I came on service, but you you had already been pulled off by the time I got here. Yeah, I think it was just a couple days out. So hopefully you've been getting some of the articles I've been sending to you about our patients. Yeah, a couple on osteomyelitis and, yeah, a couple of things. It's been pretty cool. Excellent. Um, so... What uh, are your biggest concerns and or anxieties about all that's going on with being pulled off the wards uh, and some of the uncertainty surrounding when you guys are going to be able to return to clinical duties? Yeah, so um, I think the the first one's pretty um, pretty personal. I'm living with um, an older aunt and uncle right now, um, which is really wonderful. Um, but in this time of a real uncertainty, um, I am just concerned about um, keeping them safe. And so um, trying to do as much possible, as much as possible to social distance. And um, even though there are a lot of um, volunteer opportunities now kind of cropping up for medical students. Um, I'm still kind of being wary of those, and so trying to kind of toe the line between um, volunteerism and also making sure that I keep my family safe. So that's probably my biggest worry. 
Um, and then also just kind of as the logistics of fourth year unfold, um, figuring out the timing for when this kind of lost month will uh, will turn around um, or, or where it will be made up for, um, especially as uh, I'm interested in emergency medicine and um, those OA rotations are, have been like, very historically very important for the application process. Um, and so even though it's kind of exciting to get some tentative acceptances for OA rotations, um, there's always a grain of salt of um, like this might not happen, like there's a good chance that this will not happen, but if um, everything settles down by late June, July, um, then you have space. So, yeah, so trying to figure out what fourth year, um, and specifically in emergency medicine, looks like. Got it. Um, and what have you been doing with your days in terms of um, studying and trying to keep up on your learning? So um, I have mostly been doing, um, so I've been committing to do two blocks of U World per day. Um, so those are uh, two 40-question blocks. Um, and generally I do Wait, two, two one hundred, kind. 240 or, questions, did you say? Oh, no, no. <laughs> two 40-question blocks. So, oh, two so 80 okay. questions total. Okay. I was going to say, yeah. you must stay up till like <laughs> 2 in the morning every night. No, yeah. That would be a little excessive, I think. Um, yeah, but with 80 questions, I find that it's a pretty good number where I can still review um, like each question individually and get some learning out of it. Um, and then after that, I pick like two to three topics to review in a giant Harrison textbook that I inherited from one of my um, trauma surgery chief residents last year. Oh, excellent. Um, and what are your recommendations to your colleagues across the country? There are a lot of students um, at other medical schools that listen to these podcasts. But what are your recommendations to them for staying sane and maintaining their wellness during these uh, challenging times? Yeah, so that's a tough one. Um, I think a couple things that I've been doing that I've really enjoyed and I think have really contributed to a, a positive um, kind of shelter-in-place experience has been um, getting on bike rides. Um, Sacramento has a really nice um, trail system by the river. Um, it's like 30 miles long, and that's an easy way to get outside but also maintain social distance if you're zipping by people. Um, so definitely getting outside to get some you know, vitamin D. Um, and then also finding something else interesting to learn. Um, I've been trying to learn Arabic, actually, and so there's a really cool website um, called Verbling that allows you to have um, tutoring services from people kind of all around the world, um, and since it's virtual and everybody's kind of cooped up in their houses, there's a lot of availability for those lessons, so that's been a really neat thing to, to stick to. Wow. How did you get interested in that, learning Arabic? Um, I just think it's a really beautiful language, the script and um, spoken word, um, so just kind of a random thing. And then also, um, like, definitely have thought a lot about um, potentially working with 
maybe a nonprofit organization like Docs Without Borders in the future. Um, and just having another language in my pocket would be a good skill. <laughs> so it's good time to learn it, I think. Excellent. Um, I'm sure it's great to do something besides medicine <laughs> during during your downtime as well. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Did you have anything else to add? Words of wisdom? Um, I don't think so. I think um, I guess the biggest thing that has been occupying my mind just lately has been yeah the whole balance between volunteerism and then keeping safe. So um, I think it would be beneficial for if medical schools can give recommendations to their students, ways that they can safely volunteer to to be useful, but then also. Um, yeah, be conscientious of not spreading <laughs> um, spreading the virus more. That would be really helpful for students, I think. Oh, okay. I'd be happy to pass that on to the deans as uh, something to address. Cool. All right. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Dr. Robert. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> And let's hear from another one of our third-year medical students about her feelings about being pulled off the internal medicine clerkship precipitously about a week and a half ago. It's my pleasure to welcome another one of our UC Davis internal medicine clerkship students to this podcast. So, Rachel, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, your name, and uh, what uh, your, your level is in the medical school. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Rachel Kanak. I am a third-year medical student, and I was most recently on my internal medicine clerkship, which would have been my last clerkship of the third year. What were you doing when you were pulled off of your clerkships? <laughs> um, so actually, the, the five minutes prior to being pulled off my, my clerkship, I was actually in a room with a patient. Um, helping kind of go through some of the, the discharge paperwork and instructions for home care. Um, and I got a tiger text from my resident uh, that was, you know, you need to stop working right now. <laughs> uh, you need to, you know, put everything down and, and come back, uh, come back immediately. Oh, okay. And did you do that or did you finish what you were doing? I did. I tried to, you know, gracefully end my, my conversation with the patient Um you know, I, I think at that point it was I was maybe, you know, one or two minutes over over the deadline, but I definitely went back as soon as possible. Okay. And what are some of your biggest concerns and or anxieties about all that's going on with having been pulled so precipitously and not really ha having a super clear idea of when you'll be allowed to go back to clinical activities? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot Um I think my biggest concern would just be that I don't get to spend as much time in patient care um, for my third year that I would have anticipated. The, the medicine clerkship is obviously one of the core clerkships of your third year experience. And, you know, I haven't had an ICU level experience yet. Um, so that's my biggest concern is missing out on that stuff. Mm -hmm. And how have you been spending your days? Well, there's always something to study in medical school, <laughs> so I've certainly been keeping up with uh, with some curriculum. Uh, but I actually also have a four-month-old puppy at home, uh, 
and what kind of puppy is he? He's a golden retriever. He's a little goofball. Oh, okay. Well, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to get outside at least a few times a day, I guess, with him. <laughs> yeah, certainly. I'm outside, you know, playing fetch like every forty-five minutes. <laughs> oh, that's good. And what kind of ma- yeah. what kind of material have be- you been using to um, to study with? Yeah. So for all the clerkships, I actually um, have found the online meta curriculum super helpful. Um, I'm quite in, you know, auditory learner when it comes to materials. So I usually like to supplement whatever the um, whatever the clerkship provides with the online meta. So that's kind of just what I've been focusing on right now. Oh, okay. And uh, doing some practice test questions and things like that. in their third year, you know, we're always uh, chipping away at those U-World questions because the, the total number for the questions is quite high. So we're typically <laughs> slowly chipping away at that. Mm-hmm. What kind of recommendations? Obviously, not everybody in the country can go out and buy a puppy right now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what kind of recommendations for staying well and sane uh, do you have for your colleagues across the country? So I think, like, for me, what's helped you know, other than obviously having my puppy, um, is just trying to keep somewhat of a routine, trying to, you know, get up in the morning and make your bed and get ready and have breakfast just like you would in any normal day. Um, I think it's hard particularly for us because, you know, we really feel this sense of urgency and this sense of, like, a call to action, but we can't necessarily act as students. So, I know there's a lot of, like, uncertainty and anxiety and trying to work through that with some type of routine or schedule has helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's excellent, excellent advice. Um, And other than uh, walking your dog every 45 minutes or so, any other things you've been doing to to stay well? So, you know, I'm a big believer in um, trying to pick up those, those hobbies and those things that maybe you enjoyed more before medical school. So, you know, for me, I, I've been picking up, you know, reading for fun again. Um, you know, I play the flute. Um, I've been baking, you know, just, just those little things that, like, you used to do. Um, I'm trying to limit my uh, intake of news and the media to just the mornings. So I'm trying to do, like, a morning, you know, a couple of hours, catch up on what's going on, and then at some point in the day, uh, turning it off. I think... Mm-hmm. As much as we all want to be connected all the time, um, a little bit of disconnected and then, you know, kind of just getting back to what you used to love to do before you were really, really busy um, has helped me stay sane. Excellent. Yeah, I think that uh, it can be very overwhelming trying to keep up on the news 24-7, and it's a little bit depressing, too. So the final question I have for you is... Are you afraid of mountain lions? <laughs> I, I am certainly afraid of mountain lions. Um, I am from Calaveras County, which, if you don't know, is, uh, you know, I, I call it a California rural um, <laughs> town in uh, Northern California. And we have quite a few mountain lions, and they are frightening. <laughs> Have you ever seen one of them? I had one rare incident at, um, at our lake, Lake Hogan, where I thought I saw one of them. I could have sworn that it was, but I'm not entirely sure. 
we have a lot of sightings, like uh, just different locals who will who report sightings and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And do you know what to do if you run into one? <laughs> if you run into one, you want to stay very calm, not draw attention to yourself, and find a very quick exit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Excellent advice. Uh, any, other, any other last words of wisdom, advice, thoughts? Um, I mean, you know, for, for the medical students out there, I think just hanging in there, um, you know, trying to just be as calm as possible, trying to help your communities when you can. I know that there's a huge group of uh, medical students from our school who are getting together, and we're kind of just getting started, um, trying to see kind of what needs we can fill in the community. Um so trying to do that and at the same time just keep yourself sane and keep yourself healthy. Excellent. Well, thank, yeah. thank you very much for joining me on this podcast, Rachel. And I hope... And you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. And I hope that you guys get back to us soon. <laughs> Thanks. Me too. Okay. Bye-bye. So not long after September 11th, in fact, uh, September 11th, 2001, that week, I was out painting my house. And so I had the radio on uh, all day long. I'd paint for about 12 hours straight. And we had um, a one-story house, so it wasn't too taxing in terms of paying attention to a ladder and whatnot. And I'd listened to the radio while I was working, and those were tough times as well. And during one of those broadcasts, the commentator introduced the poet Billy Collins, and he read some of his poems. They conversed for a bit, and he read some more. And I became very interested in his poetry and eventually went out and got a lot of his books of poetry. And so... This was one of the poems, if I remember correctly, because he read a lot of poems that day that I was listening the week after September 11th of 2001. And I thought that I would uh, play one of his poems that he read. And I think it uh, isn't necessarily um, pertinent to the coronavirus, but it certainly um, made me feel better. And I think that's why he was a guest on the radio at a time where the country was going through a lot of anxiety and mourning and pain and such. So here we go. Thanks for joining me on this Mountain Lion podcast, and thanks to Ellen and Rachel for participating and contributing to this podcast. Well, going back to poetry for a minute, I mean, talking about poetry, a poem about poetry, it's a poem called The Trouble with Poetry. The trouble with poetry, I realized as I walked along a beach one night, cold Florida sand under my bare feet, a show of stars in the sky, the trouble with poetry is that it encourages the writing of more poetry, more guppies crowding the fish tank, more baby rabbits hopping out of their mothers into the dewy grass. And how will it ever end? unless the day finally arrives when we have compared everything in the world to everything else in the world. And there is nothing left to do then but quietly close our notebooks and sit with our hands folded on our desks. <laughs> Poetry fills me with joy and I rise like a feather in the wind 
poetry fills me with sorrow and I sink like a chain flung from a bridge. But mostly poetry fills me with the urge to write more poetry, <laughs> to sit in the dark and wait for a little flame to appear at the end of my pencil. And along with that, the longing to steal, to break into the poems of others with a flashlight and a ski mask. <laughs> and what an unmerry band of thieves we are, cut purses, common shoplifters, I thought to myself as a cold wave swirled around my ankles and the lighthouse moved its megaphone over the sea, which is an image I stole directly from Lawrence Ferlinghetti. <laughs> To be perfectly honest for a moment, the bicycling poet of San Francisco, whose little amusement park of a book I used to carry in a side pocket of my uniform up and down the treacherous halls of high school. <clears throat>